Hello and welcome to the first of quite a few very, very special episodes of the Living in Truth podcast with Panoplia. I say quite a few. There's eight of them. Uh, I am Caleb and this is Tabitha and together we are Panoplia and we are extraordinarily excited right now for a number of reasons. Uh, Reason number one, we've got some pizza in front of us. That's always nice. (laughs) Uh, reason number two, we've got hanging out with us our brand new, uh, just out of the shops, newborn baby. <laughs> Not just out of the shop. Yeah. She's I, a month old now. Yeah, she is. I'm almost a month and a half old now, which is crazy. Uh, so we have an actual reason this time for not doing a podcast in a while, unlike the other times. And then third, today, at time of recording, tomorrow, by the time this goes out, or who knows when the time you're hearing it, but the point is... Our EP, Strive, is officially available on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, Pandora, YouTube, Deezer, 247, MP3.com, anything you use. (laughs) Uh, It's out there. There's some wild stuff this has been distributed to that I've never heard of, but it's everywhere. So we're really, really excited about that. We we put it on hold for a little bit, um, but we just decided to go ahead and push it on out there and here it is so what we're going to do for the next few episodes is we are going to break down every song on the cp uh little by little just to help you understand it a little bit more to see where it came from uh mainly just because we're gonna have a good time doing it um so i think ordinarily at this point in the podcast we would fade up uh, an excerpt of the song we're going to be talking about. The song we're going to be talking about today is the first track, God of Jacob. Um, But you hear that track every time you tune into this podcast because it is the opening to the Living in Truth podcast. (laughs) So I don't think we're just going to play the same clip again. Um, And some of you are actually fortunate enough, if you've been listening to us long enough, to have heard the old version of God of Jacob, uh, which we will probably talk about some. (laughs) So how would one find... When would one have heard the old version, Caleb? Uh, the first, at least three episodes, because I checked earlier. I think four is when we transitioned into the new one. But in the first three, we've got the old 2016 version of God of Jacob in there. When was God of Jacob written? God of Jacob? Th- excellent question, Tabitha. Thank you for asking. Uh, so, back when we were in college, um, we were part of a ministry called Wesley. We've talked about it on here before. The Campus Methodist Ministry. And... Uh, leading up back in 15, I guess this it, it all began in the fall of 2014, um, we were doing some planning because they were taking a group from our Wesley Foundation, including Tabitha here, to Los Angeles for a mission trip at the Dream Center, and they were trying to find ways to raise money, and somebody offhandedly mentioned to me that if the worship team for Wesley made a CD, it would sell. And I was like, hey, we could do that to raise money. So we wrote some music for it. We'll talk about some of the songs later, but, you know, this one wasn't on that, but we decided to do it again the next year, and this song came from that. So this was written in late 2015, leading up to the release in 2016, and then very little has changed since then, honestly. Um, It's just kind of been a solid, upbeat that I've kept in my back pocket. (laughs) Sweet. So... I want to get into sort of where the song came from, why it is what it is, uh, 
because I was still basically a baby at the time, <laughs> so I want to break down um, where this comes from. So when we did the first album, which was called Overflow, which was recorded live um, during an acoustic worship thing, um, a couple of the songs on that album were just kind of really, really strung together just for the sake of having the thing finished. Um, and so one of the songs, the first track on there, uh, was called Overcome, and it was an upbeat song that I just put on there for the sake of having an upbeat song, uh, and I really wasn't that happy with it. Um, we've made some changes to it to make it better, but it's still, we're not ready to finish it up and release it quite yet. But I decided going into this one, knowing that it was going to happen, that I wasn't just going to throw together an upbeat song at the end. That was kind of my biggest struggle as a songwriter at the time, was upbeat worship music. So I wanted to do something good with that. And then around the same time, my mindset about worship was changing. Um, I was kind of starting to realize, like, hey, every song I've written kind of worships God for what he's done for us, and he deserves worship for who he is. But I didn't know yet quite how to communicate that without talking about some of the things that he's done for us, if that makes sense. Um, so the main purpose of God of Jacob is sort of to put a lot of what God has done for us and the good things that God has done for us into the context of he's done it because he's the kind of God who's worthy of our worship and not just we don't worship him for those individual things. I hope that's coming across like it makes sense. Like in the bridge, there's the line about how he sent his son for us, but it's put in that context of this is how wise and merciful and good that you are. And that's evidence of that rather than we praise you because you have done this thing alone. So I hope that makes sense, <laughs> the way I spouted it out. <sighs> so. So, Caleb. Yes. What specifically is God of Jacob about? Like, what aspect of Christianity or part of your relationship with God is it about? So, God of Jacob, it's so cliche to say, it is a song about the act in and of itself of worship and sort of what that means and what we're doing in the process. Um, again, I didn't know the full language of it at the time, but the goal was just to give God glory. You know, that opening line of the with hands you clean, we reach out. It's that concept of everything that we're doing to worship you wouldn't be possible without you, which is just sort of magnifies what our worship is um, so I guess that's it in a nutshell that's the purpose of the song what it's trying to communicate is that God is worthy of our worship and not just that but it would be impossible for us to worship him unless he had given us that ability and in a sense we were made to worship him so did the instrumental come first or did the words come first in this one uh, they kind of both came together um, so that opening thing on the guitar where I use the short capo chords uh, in E minor, or E major, excuse me, I used to do that C sharp minor to B to A to B with that picking pattern, which was royally messed up in the original version. That's what sort of came first. And then on top of that came that first verse, and it just kind of flowed from there. I think... 
for each individual segment, the chord progression came before the words, just because that's how I tend to operate. But it sort of all came together pretty quickly. I didn't have a full instrumental or a full set of lyrics until both were done in this case. Cool. Is there a passage in scripture that you got some of the song from? Way to put me on the spot, Tillman. <laughs> it's kind of all over the place because I, I, I sort of went through and just found, uh, you know, different songs of praise from the Bible. So there are particular songs that it pulls from, like the idea of the God of Jacob in worship, being used in worship is something that David went back to repeatedly. Mm-hmm. Um, so that came from there and a lot of it came, there were some that came from the song of Moses, you know, there were some that came from various different Psalms from different authors. So it's sort of all over the place. It was mainly old Testament stuff because mm-hmm. I didn't want to do the whole, well, you know, let's worship God because of Jesus. Cause you know, we do that all the time. Yeah. Uh, even though it's mentioned in the song again, cause I didn't have the language to do it otherwise. But it, it is sort of a hodgepodge because I was sort of trying to figure out, you know, what does it look like to just worship without worrying about all the other stuff. So do you feel like you captured that essence of God in this song? I don't know that you ever capture the essence of God in a song. Um, Why? Well, just because there's, there's, you know, he's infinite, right? He is absolutely everything. I don't think you're ever going to make a song that's like, okay, this is who God is in a nutshell because mm-hmm. he's just so much. Um, I'd like to think I sort of captured what I was trying to go for with it. Um, just that idea of God's deserving of our worship and the way we pour that out to him in a way that he gave us. Um, but a, on the flip side, there there are times when I look at it and I'm like, man, you know, there's a lot of I and me in this song that if I were to write it today probably wouldn't exist. But every time I look at it, or over the past few years have looked at it and tried to remake it lyrically, you know, nothing stuck out. I, I felt like I really shouldn't be messing with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I like it because when you um, talk about, you know, you were talking about how it talks about who God is, you know, and a lot of times we focus on God is great because he sent Jesus to us. Mm -hmm. Um, But I like this because it talks about the aspect, what God does for us, but like, and it, it kind of just a reminder that, you know, Jesus wouldn't have been able to do what Jesus did without God, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that definitely does. Um, again, back to that idea again that we don't worship God because of the things he did for us, but the things he did for us say something about God's character. And it's his character and who he is that makes him mm-hmm. worthy, so... Thank you for putting that in words that make way more sense than the words I've been saying. Uh, They made it all come together. Uh, And then, instrumentally too, uh, because I said the chord progression came out first, the instrumental process for this song, it was exactly that. It was a process. And 
I'll probably say this a couple more times as we talk about other songs too. Um, and this isn't a knock on anyone I was playing with because everybody was fantastic there. Uh, but there are times when, you know, you lay it out in your head and you know what it needs to sound like, but then you're playing with other people who hear different things and play different instruments. And so things change throughout that process. Um, so it was really, really nice to sit down, just the two of us, and record this one and sort of get the vision out the way I really felt like the song needed to sound. Yeah, so I on that note, I think it's really... Um, some of y'all listening to this might not be songwriters, um, and that's okay because everybody has their own gifts. Um, but Caleb and I actually have very different songwriting styles. <laughs> that's very Drastically true. different. Very so different. Caleb's very instrumentally focused, um, and when he has lyrics, he like has lyrics. Whereas I'm like, oh, I've got this. Like, instrumentally, it's very difficult for me to find instrumentals to put behind words. Um, but I'm like, I could write words to songs all day long because that's just where I click. And so it's been really fun um, since... Because Ca- Ca- Caleb and I have basically been writing songs together since we met. Right. Or at least sharing songs with each other. Um, and so it's been really cool putting ourselves together in that sense and seeing how God orchestrated this mm-hmm. um, because Caleb always has the instrumentals and then I always have words to go with it and then you know we kind of work together and that I'll tweak his instrumentals here and there not super often because I'm just not good with that <laughs> um, but you know Caleb's not, Caleb will come up with lyrics here and it's just nice to see how we complement that or you know Caleb might say oh let's do this and I was like okay I like that concept but let's make it a little more Let's see if we can make it flow a little easier. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just always nice to have another set of eyes on what you're writing. Yes. And a good example of this for this song, because this is a very Caleb-heavy song, because it was written a little while ago, mm-hmm. you know, and I was just kind of putting it together. But when we were recording the song and I was doing the vocal lines, uh, the original ending for the song had my vocal just going all over the place and not even finishing the sentence and doing all this weird like going up high and it was real show-offy real not what the song was supposed to be and Tabitha was very blunt about putting that out to me (laughs) uh but it made the song so much better honestly not having that and kind of letting the song speak for itself which is one of those things that Tabitha's kind of taught me is that you know sometimes when you have the right words and you have the right music the song can speak for itself and you don't have to add all of this fluff to it yeah and then that's where it's really cool to kind of think about the song and think about it as a whole you know because Caleb was doing that and the whole heart behind the song was to bring honor to God but I'm a firm believer that when you are leading a worship song when you take something up like that and add all these extra melodic runs with your voice and stuff like that, you're not giving glory to God when you do that. You're giving glory to yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see that that that's like the hardest thing for me when we go visit churches is that we see this time and time and time again is that people think, and it's, it's, a, it's, it's hard because people, their heart, like they truly love God and want to worship God. But the problem is that they get up there and I say this all the time, but this like leading worship is the easiest place for people to fall 
prey to pride mm-hmm. because the minute you're up there, it's like, but God gave me this beautiful voice. And it's like, and God gave you a beautiful voice and it speaks for itself. You don't need to show the congregation how high you can get. You don't need to show the congregation um, how you can sing it. And it's so funny because there have been multiple times where I'd, Kayla, I've been like, Kayla, this person's just really prideful and they're singing. Um, and God will take it away. Mm-hmm. Like, you'll hear the voice crack during the worship service. You'll hear it. Um, but the sad part is that the people who fall prey to that don't see that. Yeah, because yeah, there are multiple cases we've seen in multiple different places where, you know, they'll start, they'll start, you know, humbly. They'll start just leading the songs passionately, you know, leading like you're supposed to lead. And then over time, I don't know if the compliments get to their head or what, but they start trying to add these runs and really make their vocal the focus of the song when anytime you do a worship song the i don't want to say just the lyric because the instrumentals can be really worshipful too but it's 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 the aspect of worship in the song that's supposed to be the focus and almost without fail when people start doing that gradually the quality of their voice is going down every time they're leading mm-hmm and that's you know that's not just a case of well they've stopped exercising their voice or something i genuinely believe that when god gives you a gift and you start to use it for your own glory god will start to take it away yeah and so that's exactly what's happening and so it's great that she's kept me in check on that in a couple of places (laughs) on the cp uh because it really is more about what the song is supposed to be than about how we can make it flashier make it sound like anything else that's out right now yeah, and so I, something I really like about this song, just kind of to give you insight into how, like, Caleb and I write, um, you know, you'll find during the verse, there's a little more strumming during the verse than there is in the chorus. Mm-hmm. You know, the chorus is kind of, bum, bum, you know, you get the chords just kind of ringing out in the Yeah, it's, ev- it's even, you know, halftime in the chorus when the drums come in and it's still ringing out like yeah, that. Yeah, and so... When we're talking about that, you know, you've got that strum pattern in the verses and it's kind of, it's moving through the chorus and leading us in, leading through the verse and it's leading us into the chorus, you know, so, um, you know, you're kind of singing to God in that, but then in the verses, but then when you get to the chorus, it's like, here's who you are, God, and we're worshiping you. And so it's nice because you kind of pull those instruments back a little to really give that focal point to God. And if this were used in a worship setting, which we have used it before, mm-hmm. um, you know, it just really helps the congregation to fully sing out, you know. And I think that's important when writing music, too, is that, you know, you don't want, and this is the hardest part when coordinating worship teams, is that when you're coordinating worship teams, you've got a bunch of people who practice these parts and they try to fill in as much as they can. So when you've got five instrumentalists on stage all trying to fill in, it's too heavy. Mm-hmm. And so the lyrics get lost. Yeah. The voices get lost. And it becomes impossible to mix. Yeah. And so it's cool because when you cut the chorus like this, you know, you kind of set the stage and this um, atmosphere just for the congregation to jump in mm-hmm. and really sing to God about who he is. Yeah. And that's kind of a trope in my songs right now, particularly when I write upbeat songs to do the first chorus down. But I'm kind of not sorry about it because mm-hmm. 
you know exactly what you said it the chorus is the part that the congregation is going to latch on to and i i am no by no means as many of you who listen to this know i am by no means a person who says let's write a song that the congregation can sing along to and let that be our focus that's not that but i think that especially in a song like this that's more of a call to worship it is really important to leave the space there mm-hmm. for them to be able to jump in um, it doesn't make the lyrics any less complicated. It doesn't make it any less, you know, hard to sing, quote unquote. You know, it doesn't simplify it. But because I guess that just goes to show you can leave room for people to jump in and the congregation to sing in with you without simplifying it or taking away the meaning. Mm-hmm. And then something that I, I, I don't, I, I wrote this instrumental, so I don't want to sound like prideful when I talk about how much I love it, but I think the instrumental is my favorite part of the song. Um, we have seen way too many upbeat worship songs, uh, that will try to like get you to dance or move or, you know, they think, Oh, to make this really upbeat and jumpy, we need to incorporate all this digitization or we need it to sound like it's a dance beat or, you know, give it this really poppy progression or, you know, whatever it is. And, there are very few upbeat worship songs in the world that I listen to, and I think, man, this song is designed just to honor God. You know, mm-hmm. like there's some. I'm not going to say this is the only one. It's it's not by any means, but that's that's almost become the norm. That it's more about getting the congregation excited than inviting them into worship. And I I think one thing that I tried to do, and I think is sort of done well, if I'm allowed to say that about my own stuff. Uh, it you know is keeping the energy without it superseding the worship atmosphere right and that's kind of what this whole ep has been birthed out of is that you know caleb and i've been from church to church to church and there's just something missing you know there are all of these obscure worship artists who have such good music like if if you were to ask Caleb and I to go through our playlist and play like our Christian music for you you probably wouldn't know half the people we have on our playlist you know yeah because what happens is you know everybody knows your churches like Bethel Passion um, Hillsong Hillsong all of those and that's the music you hear in church you know um, time and time again and what happens is these people feel pressured to put music out Mm -hmm. you know when Caleb and I write songs we get lyrics or we get instrumentals and God gives those to us and we're like oh we should do something with this and take our time with this but and I'm not saying these people didn't have that at the beginning because I really think a lot of these bands did but now it gets to the point where they're they feel like they have to push out music and so they might not really be getting the direction of the Holy Spirit yeah when they're getting when they're writing yeah because it's become a product and not something they're doing out of the overflow of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And um, and so when you talk about that, all the music sounds the same. You know, everything on Christian radio today sounds the same. There's a sound that sells. I mean, and it's not just Christian radio. It's with any radio. Yeah. Um, and honestly, that should make us take a, like, think, take a step back and think. Like, if all of our pop music sounds the same, why does all of our Christian music sound the same? Right. You know, because that's a reflection of the world mm-hmm. when you think about it. Um, Which is the opposite of what right. anything with the label Christian on it should be. Yeah, and so, we, you know, we go to these churches and you hear the same songs over and over again. And you hear 
the same instrumentals, the band builds the same way, does this the same way, and it just gets really dense. And then a lot of times the instrumentals are written and the or or they're at least played where you don't pay attention to the lyrics. And when I tell people I love lyrics, like people hate when you go into a church and don't know a song they're singing. That is my favorite thing in the whole wide world because I'm not focused on what I'm doing and singing along, you know, which that is an act of worship, you know, to sing along. But I think it's important, and a lot of people miss this when they're in churches, is we want you singing the songs, but don't just sing the songs and let them be empty. Like, Mm -hmm. when you sing these words, you need to mean what the words mean. When we say... um, Lord of hosts, you are yeah, Yahweh. Yeah, yeah. When we say God, you are Yahweh, like that is who he is. We're giving him worship when he when we say that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's so special when you go into a church and don't know a song because you can really reflect on those lyrics and what they mean. But Caleb and I found that we were oftentimes reflecting on the lyrics and going, oh, this isn't biblical. Yeah, or this doesn't mean anything. It's just fluff. Yeah, it's just, ah, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and a yeah. lot of times when you see that stuff, that's when the congregation's jumping and s- doing right. things like that. Yeah, like opening a song with a description that sounds like it's supposed to be of something else that was said, but it was never said. Like, this is how I fight my battle. What does that mean? It doesn't right. mean anything. You know, <laughs> and, just... and we should be asking ourselves this. You know, th- the Bible says to test everything. Mm-hmm. And we act like worship's not included in that. Worship music... If it's not, like, we, there's a band we loved called Loud Heart. Yep. And they have songs specifically directly quoted from the Psalms. Psalms, and they just put music on it. But other than that, every worship song you hear is written by a human mm-hmm. and fallible. Yeah. And that doesn't mean they're not inspired by the Holy Spirit, but we should test every spirit, because not everyone who says that their music came from the Holy Spirit, or even everyone who believes that their music came from the Holy Spirit, has their stuff actually coming from the Holy Spirit. We're all vulnerable to allowing our own biases and our mm-hmm. own ideas infect these things. Yeah, and that's why a lot of times when Caleb and I write music, we almost take every, like every, almost every single line that you hear in one of our songs came from somewhere in Scripture. Yeah. We don't take a whole passage most of the time and sing a whole passage in a song, but we pick and choose parts of different passages and we don't just pick the verse out and put it in we read the whole context of said verse and make sure it communicates what we're trying to say with the whole song yeah and we have stickers all over our studio that say theology still matters in your worship uh just because that's really important to us and we want to make sure we remember that first when we're breaking down lyrics there are times when we'll get this really cool lyric with a really nice rhythm and melody i say we it's mainly me and then mainly Tabitha, who will be like, I don't think that's correct. Let's see if we can find a better way to do that. Yeah. Uh, and so, and that it's going to take that. And sometimes you have to swallow your pride and sacrifice words you really love or instrumental bits you really love or melodies you really love for the sake of the song. Yeah. I mean, there have been many, like, Caleb, Caleb and I songwriting together isn't the, like, most perfect, beautiful thing ever. Oh, it's I mean, not. <laughs> sometimes it is, like, the biggest strife. Mm-hmm. in our marriage um, just yeah. because like sometimes we're not on the same page but you know what we don't sit there and keep writing when we hit that point we're like okay we need to stop and take a look back because obviously 
either one of us isn't following and one of us is follow, listening to the Holy Spirit here, or we're both not following the Holy Spirit, because otherwise we would both be lined up with the same views on where this needs to go. Yeah, and then once we get on the same page, usually we can knock it right out. Yeah. Uh, which is, it's really cool to see. Mm-hmm. Um, so before we close, I want to hit a couple of just <laughs> interesting tidbits. Um Again, they're they're really minor things, but you know, I just want to make sure to mention it. First of all, you probably won't hear me if you're like a guitar nut and you're hoping to hear different inspirations for different lead lines or anything like that. You're probably not going to get that in these podcasts. I hate to break it to you. Um, not that I don't think lead guitar is important or that these lines aren't important, but I sort of take the approach with guitar that Brad Delson from Linkin Park takes, where you could replace me with just a string st- section. <laughs> it would be fine. Uh, yeah, the guitar lines for the most there are a couple of areas where they jump in, but for the most part, lead guitar lines aren't going to make a huge impact on your listening experience of the song. They're just going to assist whatever is being said. Um, but I want to talk about uh, how different it is having um, the full drum patterns that we're able to have, really for this whole EP, but this song in particular, um, because... Uh, when we did the Wesley album that God of Jacob was on, um, we didn't have a full drum kit there. And so I was recording all of the parts with no crash cymbal. <laughs> I was just hitting the hi-hat as hard as I could when recording it. And th- that contributed to a lot of my menace about the song's instrumentals, I think. But once we were able to get a crash cymbal in there, I think it just added what I was originally hoping for into the song. Um, but then... <laughs> The big thing that it, this is a little bit funny, looking back on it now, um, I so I started that album by recording demos basically just entirely myself, um, and then on top of the demos we would record other people's parts. Um, people who were in the band would come in and record the different parts of things if they could, or I would just record it if not. Um, but at Tabitha, when we did the God of Jacob demo, um, recorded this amazing violin part that I listen to over and over again and I was like this song cannot live without this part and so we had an actual violinist on the team Tabitha wasn't on the worship team at the time unfortunately yeah and so we had an actual violinist on the team and she recorded a violin part for the song and it was fine but I just couldn't every time I listened back to it when I was mixing it I just heard that da, 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 part so I <laughs> I spliced it in from the demo <laughs> to the song and didn't tell anyone uh, until now. Um, Surprise! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, and so I and it, that stuck with me so hard that we kept it all these years later, um, even where different lines and things have changed over time. And that just goes to show that uh, sometimes your instrumental can speak as much into a song as the lyrics. Um, sometimes your individual parts can do that. And so, you know, while I often say I don't want to do anything with the instruments that's going to overshadow anything that the words are trying to say, sometimes I feel like we get so caught up in doing that that the instrumental's just nothing. Um, And both the leaders of the band and the musicians have something to offer that honors God, and I don't think we should forget that, I think that whenever we're writing or leading or performing songs 
know, we should ask ourselves what can we add to it and not just, okay, let me play these chords so I don't get in the way, as is so often the case. But I'm going to get off my high horse regarding that. Uh, thank you all for listening to our breakdown of God of Jacob. Uh, really appreciate it. Hope you got some inside of the song. Um, if you're confused, um, it's probably a good idea to go and listen to the songs before you jump into these podcasts, just so you know what we're talking about. Um, but if not, you know, you can go listen to it now. Uh, you can find it on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, everywhere, basically, again. Um, even on YouTube, if you don't have any of those services, they're up there on YouTube. So feel free to give it a listen. Um, the next song we will cover is the next song on the record, Psalm 139. Um, so... Thank you again for tuning in. Thank you for going and giving that a listen, and we will see you next time.